Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. This is Thoughtful Thursday on Girl Power Half Hour with Annette Bingham and Tasha Humphreys. We have got a really cool topic. We touched on it Tuesday, but we're going to go into more depth with it today and also um, talk about some of the women involved. So we're really excited about that, and we want to thank everybody for liking our Facebook page and sharing it. Remember, when we get to 200 likes, we are going to have a giveaway, so you need to really start sharing so that whenever we get to 200, you'll have a chance to win a prize. We're not going to tell you what that is yet. Tasha, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, we've got a. Well, it's been kind of a long day. It's it's just been kind of a long day. It's been a little bit crazy today. It's Texas Tech game day in Lubbock, Texas. So this is a a hectic day for everyone because normally our games are on Saturdays, but they happen to it happened to fall on a Thursday, which is a little odd and out of place. And um, so, needless to say, the traffic's crazy here, and everyone's a little crazy (laughs) here, and it feels like a weekend, and it's a Thursday, so it's throwing me off. Anyway. Can you throw out one more day? One more day. (laughs) I know. I know. Crazy, crazy. I know. This has been, I don't know if everybody else felt this too, but this week has had some really weird energy to it. I know we talk about energy a lot, but, you know, and I'm not quite sure what's going on, and I'm sure some of my astrology people would be able to tell us, but, um, yeah, it's just really weird energy. So, yeah. um, I'm not sure what's going on, but anyway, we will get through this week, and um, maybe everybody, everybody pray for me. Tonight's run night. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, uh, yeah. So, are we up to I, 25 I, minutes? 25 minutes, yeah. yeah. And I've I've made a commitment this to starting today to go 24 hours without complaining. So I wasn't complaining about the energy. I'm just saying it's kind of weird. So, um, yeah. So everybody, make that commitment. 24 hours, no complaining. And then tonight's my run night, and I complain for, oh, a good 15 minutes of that. So (laughs) it's going to be tough for me. (laughs) Anyway, well, we're going to talk about burlesque some more. And when we had Lisa Carmen on our show Tuesday with the burlesque experience here in Dallas, she talked a tiny bit about the history of burlesque, but I got very fascinated because I've watched several documentaries. Have you ever watched any documentaries on it, Tasha? I haven't. I need to, but I have not. There is there is one that's about... Um, a lady in Seattle that teaches burlesque to women, much like um, Lisa Carmen does. And mm-hmm. um, it's called A Smile and a Wink, or A Wink and a Smile. A Wink and a Smile, I think it is. It's really a good documentary, but I've watched some others of mm-hmm. the old vintage burlesque women. Just oh, yeah. fascinating. The whole thing is fascinating. But I did some research. I'm a, I love research. Um, the word burlesque comes from a Spanish word meaning burla, 
which means mock, trick, or joke. Hmm. That didn't make any sense to me until I realized that the, the original use of the word was in the 16th and 17th century, and it described, like, the parodies and the imitations that they did of authors and artists at the time. So they they made fun of these people. Oh. And then in Victorian, yeah, they did. In Victorian burlesque, it was essentially just a musical theater parody of popular ballets and mm-hmm. plays and operas. And Shakespeare mm-hmm. was, you know, one of the big ones that they made fun of. Right. And those shows were just moderately risque. There wasn't any nudity or any striptease. But then in the late 18th century, shows started featuring what we now call striptease in America Mm -hmm. and Paris. And in America, it was seen in vaudeville and and the burlesque circuits. They had, you know, these troops that would go around. And in Paris, they were just scantily clad women dancing and um, doing what was called living pictures where they would just pose in certain pictures and they wouldn't move or say anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Moulin Rouge, you know. Oh, yeah, very. That type mm-hmm. of thing. And then in the 20s and 30s, um, striptease became the really predominant part of burlesque. And then we've got women like Gypsy Rose Lee, Tempest Storm, and Blaze Star who were like the biggies at that time. Um, And I'll talk a little bit about them in just a second. But the 40s, there was a crackdown on burlesque theaters, and it started to decline. And in the 50s, there were still touring troops, the striptease shows. And then in the 60s, the topless go-go dancers were introduced in the U.S. and England. Nice. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 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 I read a, I read a lot about that. I got a friend of mine gave me a book with the history of breakdown of burlesque and and pinup models and uh all of what you're oh, talking fun. about right now and I remember that particular um the images from that particular era were very cool. Oh yeah. And in the 70s it it really all that died out and then in the 1990s the neo burlesque movement was pioneered and it started coming back uh, big time. But um, some in the in the late 19th century, who was that? That was Lydia Thompson from England. She was a dancer, a comedian, an actress, a theatrical producer, and she brought a troupe over to um, the U.S. to tour, supposedly for six months. They ended up being here for six years. And they were called the British Blondes. And I had so much fun online looking at pictures of all these vintage burlesque women. And it's so different from what we consider beautiful now. Right. Really, really different. She was quite a character. Um, she had she was married um, several times. Um, she and her husband, w- while she was here, William uh, Wilbur's story from the Chicago Times 
began to criticize the dancers, and he was calling them names and really bad names. He was the owner of the Chicago Times. Uh, Lydia Thompson, her husband, and another colleague who is a female horsewhipped this guy. Oh wow! They were they were arrested and fined. And she said, I don't regret doing that at all. <laughs> that's awesome. I thought, really? That's pretty funny. <laughs> you know? Really, really funny. But, you know, we have, I ran across this one lady um, who was a dancer. And her name is, um, what was her name? What was her name? Ah, I'm sitting by my notes. <laughs> I have so many notes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't find her notes. Um, well, there was this there was this lady who was um, what was her name? I can't remember. She was a uh, burlesque performer a long time ago. She finally retired in six, when she was 67 in 1995. And I'll have to get her name. I can't remember her name. Um, and then she um, she actually toured with the James Gang, mm-hmm. the band, in 1973. So mm-hmm. she was older then. And she danced... Um, up until 2010, I believe, and she had her 84th birthday last year. Oh, so wow. I, I, I mean, this is a really interesting group of women we've got here. <laughs> right. Extremely interesting. Yeah, and there's just um, oh, her name is Tempest Storm. That was her. Yeah, she was married and divorced twice by 20. She ended up with four oh, wow. marriages. She married Herb Jeffries, the first African-American singing cowboy. So that was during a time when, um, you know, marriages like that were not accepted at all. Um, so, you know, really, really interesting women here. Strong business women. Um, Gypsy Rose Lee was not only a burlesque entertainer, she was an actress, an author, a playwright. Um, wow. She came, yeah, she came from a very difficult life. Her parents, her mom was a teen bride. They, her parents divorced, and her and her sister ended up working in vaudeville to uh, pay the bills. Wow. So, you know, really, really fascinating women. Well, you know what's interesting is that um, a lot of the stuff that you're reading and some of the stuff that, like, because, you know, I did some research on Betty Page, and uh, one, because she's one of my favorites. I mean, yeah. Yeah, she she actually, one of my friends called me Betty due to the bangs that I have, um, and I actually have a Betty ID bracelet as a result of that. I just Uh absolutely have been fascinated with her, and... You know, honestly, I think I understand now even more so why I have been fascinated with her because it wasn't so much, you know, what she did in terms of, you know, being one of the earliest to pose for Playboy and 
obviously being considered the queen of pinups, but but she was also a queen of curves, and I think that was one thing that I always loved about her was, you know, obviously our society's idea of beauty today versus society's idea of beauty at that time has completely changed, um, and the way in which women are seen and viewed in terms of their bodies and you know, nowadays, like, I mean, it, it, this in this day and age, honestly, if you look at, like, the restrictions on models, most of their body weight meets the criteria for anorexia, you know, just because of the oh, way yeah. that they've been to, to be so ridiculously thin. Um, but I think that was one thing I always loved about Betty and just the fact that she has this very sweet, innocent, angelic face, you know, and... And the fact that she was doing what she was doing, you know, in, in a time when that just wasn't done. And I knew all of that about her, but what I didn't know about her um, was that, you know, she she came from a very difficult life as well. Um, her father actually molested her, and he went, I don't know exactly why he went to prison or if that was why, but he was imprisoned. Um, her parents divorced when she was 10 years old, and um, at, at age 13, you know, her dad was in prison. She was basically raising, or certainly assisting in the raising of her siblings because she was right. one of six, and she was the second of six children, so she was one of the older children, so she was in charge of that. But what's interesting is, and what I didn't know about her is, she actually struggled with depression, which obviously coming from sexual abuse, we know that that's, I mean, obviously that's going to be something that happens. She went through violent mood swings, and I kind of wonder if if, if she was ever diagnosed with anything to do with, like, bipolar disorder or anything like that. Um, it doesn't state that, but she did spend several years in a state psychiatric hospital, so obviously she was at some point diagnosed with something that... Um, you know, they were able to commit her to a hospital for that. Um, Do you know how old she was then? I don't. It doesn't say. Um, well, it says what year it was that she had. Con- this is the other t- the other thing that I found interesting. Um, in 1959, she had converted to evan- evangelical Christianity and went to work for Billy Graham. Oh which my goodness! I, did not know. I didn't know that. Yeah, didn't know that at all. And then all that I read was that it was just in the latter part of her life that she struggled with depression and mood swings and ended up in a psychiatric hospital. So I don't know what age that occurred, but obviously it was huh. in her later years. Um, and what was what I another thing I didn't know about her, and I it's something that I was saying that you're reading all of these things that about these women that you know you make a point that they were businesswomen and they were. I mean, this was. You have to remember the time. I mean, there were only so many things a woman could do in terms of a career where she would actually be paid well, you know, and actually be doing something where she would be um, in charge of it. And and Betty Page was actually a salutatorian of her high school class. She had a scholarship. She went to college. Um, she wanted to be a teacher. Uh, but then she decided to study acting, she actually uh, took her first job typing for uh, author Alfred Crabb. She mm-hmm. got a bachelor, a bachelor of Arts degree from 
uh, George Peabody College in 1944. So, I mean, this is an intelligent woman. You know, this is someone who, like I said, was salutatorian of her high school class, went on to get her bachelor's degree, which that would be the equivalent of like a master's today. I mean, it was a very big right. deal to, to go to college. And there and were not very many women. Yeah, there were not very many exactly. women who went to college that. and got a right. bachelor's. You know, they would exactly. go to secretarial college or, you know, something right. to teach a skill. Um, Jessica exactly. Hallam from the Huffington Post, she mm-hmm. said that she believed Storm, Tempest Storm and other burlesque dancers of the 30s and 40s were the original feminist. I agree. And I, I want to disagree with her. I think it started way before then. Yeah. I think those women, Lydia Thompson, who not only danced, she was a famous dancer in England, sought after, sure. and a comedian actress, and, but a theatrical producer, and she put together this troupe, and, and they traveled to England and the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean... That was back in the 1800s. So yeah. I think it started long before the 30s and 40s. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, I mean, feminism itself would started certainly earlier than that. But I would agree that these women were certainly feminists. That I would agree Oh, with. absolutely. And I, you know, I'm just absolutely amazed. I didn't even realize she create, She actually designed and created her own, Betty Page, designed and created her own bikinis and costumes for all of her photo shoots. I mean, she was extremely talented, extremely intelligent, obviously very driven and ambitious. It's just, I was, I'm fascinated even more so now than I was before. You know, I wonder, you know, after reading and, and looking at all this information about all these women, I wonder what, what possessed them to go into this line of work. It just, you know, because this was at a time where it was, uh, you know, like burlesque was was used for um, a long time ago. It was like the poor man's uh, entertainment. Right. But then back in the 50s, that was when, 40s and 50s, that's when all the um, Actors and their wives and actresses and their husbands would go to burlesque shows. That was a big thing. Um, but what would you know? What would cause a woman to want to do this and make this her living when it was so out of the norm? What kind of a woman that would it take? Well, think? I mean, I think I think personally, like I said, I. I honestly believe you got to look at the times. I mean, you also consider that women do this now, and so obviously there's, uh, you know, tons, tons of reasons why that would be the case, and um, certainly it would just be individual, for, you know, for what some people are just exhibitionists and some people just enjoy that. Some She was really wanting to be an actress, and, you know, this was something that she could do, and she wanted to do that, and I would say honestly, I mean, and I don't mean this to be offensive in any way, form, or fashion. I certainly am not I'm not by any means saying that what she was doing was in any light negative, but sometimes because, you know, she did, she was obviously sexually exploited as a young child. Right. Sometimes when people are um, sexually exploited, then, you know, at a young age, then when they grow up, 
it's not too far off the mark for them to fall into some sort of sexual exploitation of themselves. And I'm not necessarily, again, I'm not saying this is a negative thing. I'm just saying that she was probably very comfortable because even in the research I did, many of the photographers noted how comfortable she was with posing in what at that time would have considered very risque, you know, poses and certainly like a lot of her S&M bondage, sadomasochistic work mm-hmm. that she did. She was very comfortable with all of that, but you have to remember this is someone who was molested by her father. So, I mean, you know, boundaries have been crossed so much that, I mean, for her, that probably wouldn't be uncomfortable or feel abnormal because look at where she came from. And I also feel like, you know, based on the time, it's the same reason that prostitution developed. It's the same reason that why back in the Wild West you had women selling their bodies for money because it was the only way they could make a living. I mean, you have to think about the fact that there weren't a lot of women going into the workforce in any other way unless they were going to be a receptionist or a teacher, which is what she initially was going to be, but then she wants to be an actress. You have to remember that unless she was, you know, going to actually succeed and be an actress, this was one way that she could make money because that's many times why, you know, women ended up as prostitutes or strippers or anything else because, you know, one, they were comfortable with it or it was something that they could do, but it was, in a sense, one of the few ways they could make money and a lot of money doing something that, you know, they do on a daily basis. So for them, it's not that big of a deal. And in this particular situation, I think that's probably the case because this was something they could do, make a lot of money doing it, be in charge and and have something all their own and not require a man to do it for them and not be dependent on a man. She actually married at one point, Betty Page did, and divorced, so she was able to have a very successful career, you know, all by herself, not not requiring a husband to uh, to live. She didn't need that second income. She could do it by herself. Very few jobs, you know, allotted that for a woman during this time. Right, right. So I really think it's about, you know, it really is about what was offered in terms of what women could do to make that kind of money and to have that kind of, that sort of power, you know? I mean, honestly, not much else out there. Yeah. And I see, you know, after talking with Lisa Carmen and and I've watched that documentary, uh, A Wink and a Smile, Mm -hmm. um, just, and seeing some other vintage uh, documentaries about uh, burlesque performers and, or entertainers, as they were called, um, I see that women are beginning to come back to burlesque, not necessarily because they want to take their clothes off in front of people. Um, Burlesque, to me, the vintage-type burlesque that I've watched in documentaries and um, things like that is... um, not necessarily as risque as some people might think. And one person said um, the difference between strippers and burlesque entertainers is that there's no burlesque, how did she put it, there's no burlesque in stripping. Right. But there's stripping in burlesque. (laughs) (laughs) So... Burlesque tells, you know, is a story. There's a story behind it. And it's, 
oh, you know, they talk okay. about strip, yeah, strip tease. It's mm-hmm. more about the tease than the stripping. And right. even though they may end up with just pasties and a little g-string, it's still more about the tease because they're not out there long after everything comes off. Right. You know, then they go backstage. So, you know, now I think women are turning to burlesque for the fact that they can take back some power. They can right. regain that, that, you know, here I am, fat, skinny, tall, short, exactly. wrinkled, whatever. Here I am, and I'm powerful enough and strong enough to get up in front of you and and do this and show you who I am and not be afraid to do it. Right. Now, I... Well, I couldn't do it. Sorry. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, you know PLR, that show that I do every year, that's a burlesque show. I mean, that's sure. it's very much a burlesque show. Um, and that's why we don't have any, you know, people always ask me, am I too fat to do this? We don't have any weight restrictions. Like, this is, it's not what this is about. This is an empowering feminist, you know, it's it's, it's an empowering feminist piece that, celebrates women, all sorts of women. I mean, and there are men in the show as well, but it's like, you know, it's really oh, not yes, about... Oh, yes, got men in the show. They are absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Everyone, you know, <laughs> all of the, the people in your shows, regardless, are just gorgeous. Yeah. In their own right. That's, you know? that's right, and that's what's beautiful about it, and that's, that is, I mean, to me, that is the beauty of, of burlesque itself, and that's one reason... And I think that's a big reason why every everybody, not just me, but has such an you know such an admiration for someone like Betty Page, for someone in this sense, you know, any burlesque dancer, any one that you mentioned, is because it's that confidence that they had with who they were, regardless of what you know body type they had, and and whether or not they right. fit in that particular mold of quote unquote beauty. It's the fact that they were confident and empowered, even if it was just in a specific field. The women that I I saw, the images of the women, they were not the skinny, you know, girls. They were women. They have the curves. They, you know, and Gypsy Rose Lee, I just really, I don't know that much about her. I remember watching her movie. She wrote a movie about herself and her life uh, years ago. But during her routine, she did intellectual recitations, which, I mean, she's, like, quoting (laughs) intellectual text. (laughs) You know, that just shows, okay, here she is stripping in somebody in front of people and, um, you know, just laying herself out there bare, but she's letting everybody know, I'm smart, <laughs> you know, exactly, I'm a brain, yeah. so, yeah. you know, honor that. I uh, I would really encourage everybody to um, look up burlesque online and look at some of the um, YouTube videos. They've got lots of YouTube videos about vintage burlesque entertainers. And 
it has changed, believe me. Um, they considered some style herky-jerky, where they were just lots of jerking movements, you know. Hilarious. I had to laugh out loud watching those. Um, and and then you had the others that were, you know, the styles were different, different styles. And um, it was just great fun to to research. And I, I'm like you. I want to know more about each of these women. Yeah, they're fascinating. Yeah, I want to know where they came from, why they chose to do what they did, what were their talents, you know, what was their childhood like, what was, you know, what were they thinking this whole time, you know, the growing yeah. up and everything. It just fascinates me. But look at some of the documentaries. Look for, for them on, on television because... Uh, uh, I know Netflix has um, a wink and a smile, and I know there's others on there because I've watched them. So um, it would be great to just kind of get a feel of what's going on with these women. It's great Definitely. history. So what's happening next Tuesday? We have Topic Tuesday. Who's going to be there? Trisha Earle. She's going to be back on our show Yay! discussing yet another little racy topic. I won't tell you what it is. It'll be on our Facebook page. You can check it out. Um, we should have that up for you on Sunday night. And um, But it's going to be a good one. It's another sexually related topic. Um, it's certainly I don't think I know. I, I don't even know. Uh, did, did you I don't tell think me? you do. Yeah. Well, I think I did, but I've mentioned it very briefly. But it's, it's a good okay. one. Everybody needs to tune in. It's something that's very important, not just personally, but politically as well. All right. Well, we are going to let you get back to your evenings, and we will talk to you tomorrow for Casual Friday Question and Answers.